Hi, this is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, and I want to welcome you to Breaking Money Silence. It's a podcast series dedicated to helping all of us talk more openly about money. Each show will feature a special guest who will share with you one of their favorite money myths. Then together, we will discuss how to bust that myth wide open. My company is KBK Wealth Connection, and it's committed to helping women, couples, families, and their financial teams shatter money taboos and learn how to effectively talk about money. So it's an honor today to be joined by my special guest and friend, Loran Starr. Just to tell you a little bit about Loran, she's not only a friend, she's a colleague, and much more. She's a sought-after thought leader and speaker in emotional intelligence and women's empowerment, and the author of several books, including her most recent one, Your Power Pivot, Shifting the Paradigm on Work-Life Empowerment. Loran is the CEO of LS Consulting, where she coaches and consults firms on diversity, inclusion, and generational leadership. She has over 15 years of leadership experience with several Fortune 100 companies. She's actually served in the military, I believe, during the Gulf War, and has, several lead, has held several leading roles on and off Broadway. Yes, Loran Starr brings a lot to the table today. In addition, she holds a master's degree in organizational psychology and a bachelor's degree in psychology. When Loran is not speaking, writing, or consultant, you can find her on the youth girls soccer field and lacrosse fields, coaching and inspiring the next generation of leaders. It's such a pleasure to welcome Loran Starr to the show. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Kathleen. I'm thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be here. Well, I'm excited because we certainly talk about a lot of things a lot of times, but we haven't been this focused in the past on money myths. And I know the myth that you provided today that you want to talk about is men are supposed to be breadwinners. I love this one because I'm doing a lot of work now on female breadwinners and how advisors can serve them. So I'm really curious to find out a little bit more about your perspective. So what motivated you to pick this myth, men are supposed to be breadwinners? You know, I have to say that this myth has plagued my husband's life uh, since we started dating. This is that, that myth that's always kind of been in the background, where society has thrown out there that men are breadwinners. I am man. I bring home bread. I bring home the money. <laughs> and my husband, who, right, he's an electrical engineer. And trust me, um, ladies that are listening out there, there are moments that I, I think of ways, neat ways to kill him, um, right? But I adore my husband. And one of the things that attracted me to Rico is that he has this internal strength that he goes against that myth. He could care less who brings home the money. Now, he likes money, don't get me wrong. But when we were dating and uh, after that into marriage, I was the breadwinner. And it never assaulted his ego. So how do you see it affecting other people? Because you talked uh, about how you felt like this is something that's kind of plagued him, even though he's been accepting when you've been the breadwinner. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so when Rico and I got married, the toast um, that his brother gave, and, and, and I, I love his brother, but the toast his brother gave was, you know, looking in the future 15 years from now, Loran will be the CEO of the company she's working for. You know, she'll be the millionaire. And Rico 
will be the stay-at-home dad. And while I understand the intent of that toast, uh, more to it, it wasn't a very nice toast. Like, I sit back now and I go, huh, like that was kind of a slap. So from a societal perspective, how do you see that as a slap? Because as a man, you're supposed to be the provider. That's your role. Or at least that's what you've been led to believe. And I think that was the role, yes, in the 1920s and 30s, because women weren't working. Um, but that's not the role today. But yet, right, think about it. Think about it. If you come upon a man at a playground, right, you're a woman. You come upon a man at a playground, and he's a stay-at-home dad. Where's your respect level for him? Does it go through the roof? Or do you go, huh? It's interesting because I, I'm also in a relationship where um, my husband is also an engineer, um, which is kind of comical, but um, he also is somebody who doesn't really care who brings home the bacon, so to speak, whether it's me or him, and there's been different periods in our lives where it's been differently. Uh, it's been different. I'm wondering, Loran, for you, in terms of how has this impacted your personal and professional life, other than obviously this toast at the wedding and maybe the undertones of sure. what your brother-in-law meant. But it, but it continues on. So recently, I was out with a bunch of friends. Actually, this was just this weekend. And we were talking about this. And one of the people at the table looked at my husband and he goes, doesn't that make you more competitive? Don't you want to outpace her financially? And he was dead serious. <laughs> like, Rico looked at me and was like, you know, that's, that's too much work. <laughs> like, I'm good with what I'm doing. I'm good with what my wife is doing. Why is it? And, and the other gentlemen at the table all agreed. Like, this was just a candid, open conversation with professional men and women. And... You know, my girlfriend, she's an attorney, and her husband took a sales position so that he could outpace her financially. Now, he may or may not be happy, but she's like, this is, it's just ridiculous. So it sounds like it doesn't affect you and Rico individually as much as when you're out and about in a society that believes that men are supposed to be breadwinners, that this type of conversation or joking or... Um, yeah. You know, the undertone may, well, it may be joking, but the undertone is, hey, Rico, step up. Step up. And and in our private lives, right, Rico would love if I made more money. He, it's not about who brings in the check. It's about making sure there's enough money, period. And we're a partnership. We're a team in that sense. I think that's just the myth that's out there is that he should, because his wife makes money, he should outpace her. And if he doesn't, he's not man enough. I got it. So it almost goes back to that belief that, hey, if you're not making you know, the money or the primary breadwinner in the home, somehow you're weak or you're not man enough. You're not man enough. You're not man enough. Now, broad, to broaden this out a little bit, have you ever seen this affecting the women that you work with and their partners? And if so... Um, is there a way in which this myth gets in the way for them? All the time. All the time. I work with a lot of women that are in executive positions. And money, where it wasn't an issue before, when they were in lower leadership positions, as soon as they start making more money, 
it now gets in the way. Money now becomes the focal point and not in the, oh, look at all the extra money we have. The husband's now deciding that he needs to go out and make more money or he needs to work longer or I'm sorry, it's the wife's job to take care of the home no matter how much money you're making. It's almost as if as women start making more and more money, the partnership in money goes away. That, that partnership we had beforehand goes to the wayside where women are supposed to run the house, do everything that are, that's womenly and men are supposed to just provide. And that gets in the way all the time with women that are in executive positions that are making more money than their husbands. Not for every woman, but for a lot of them out there. Now, there's a couple of books and certainly research out there that says women who are the primary breadwinners actually experience divorce at a higher rate than they're Absolutely. not. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. so um, it sounds like you see that a little bit. Now, do you ever see a woman actually sabotage herself and maybe make less to make her partner feel better? I have, honestly, Kathleen, I have not seen that. I think in large part because women get to a point with money that they're they're comfortable with that partnership that they're not going to make themselves miserable is there any way in which it can be helpful to buy into men are supposed to be breadwinners i don't think so absolutely not <laughs> you can tell by the tone in which i asked that question i'm like huh it would be yeah. interesting to know if somebody out there um does have a thought as to how it could be useful um, I, I guess I if I'm just thinking about some of the people that I've worked with and some of the couples that I've worked with, I would say that it might be helpful sometimes for women who aren't career driven or women who don't want to really focus on the finances. And ultimately, while I don't personally think that that's useful, it certainly may work in their relationship if they both buy into that myth that it becomes a shared value system and that's okay. But then what happens when the husband becomes disabled or god forbid tragedy strikes and the woman has to go out into the workforce I, I think i think holding on to this myth is a detriment to any relationship because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring imagine if my husband subscribed to this and and felt that oh i am man i have to bring home money so wife is bringing home this amount i have to work more i have to get a job that i may not be as happy in so that I am the extra provider, and then, God forbid, he gets in an accident and can't work, and now I'm the breadwinner. Now we've got a disability on top of potentially depression and other issues because it's going against his money mindset, his myth mindset, his norm. That all is not only can he not provide because he's disabled, but he's useless. I think this myth can be very detrimental to every relationship out there. And what's so interesting is 40 and 40% of women in the U.S. are actually primary breadwinners. If you look yes. at Canada, 31%. And, and it's trending upward. So it's certainly something that um, is uh, a myth that, that hasn't, it, it hasn't really caught up with modern society and modern couples. Um, so I'm wondering if you have somebody who's listening today and thinking, oh, well, what's wrong with the the idea, the script that men are supposed to be breadwinners? Um, what advice would you give them if they're currently buying into this myth? You know, how would you like to uh, 
to coach them or give them a couple of tips in terms of uh, what they can do about this money myth in their life? I think they need to stop seeing money as an us versus them, as a point of dissection or diversity in their relationship. They need to see money as a total value of an equity of both partners, that it doesn't matter who brings in what, as long as the bills are getting paid and you're happy. But I think, Kathleen, it also brings to light that, right, you need to talk about money. Here, here. Right? <laughs> yes. I think a lot of couples don't talk about money. It took, right, I would love to say, oh, my husband and I always talked about money, but you know me better than that. That would be lying. Um, because for the longest time, my husband and I, we didn't talk about money. See, as long as we didn't talk about it, it wasn't an issue. Well, what's interesting to me, though, is what you're talking about is this team approach, right? So this team approach to managing money. And I happen to know that you are uh, a generational expert as well. And so I'm wondering if you have any information about that changing with the younger generation. So the millennial couples versus, you know, certainly the traditional couples that were raised at a time where definitely men were supposed to make the money, they were supposed to be breadwinners, and those traditional gender roles really held true. But do you, in your work or your experience, see that shifting at all, or is it staying the same? No, it is shifting, but it's shifting slowly. Yes. It's shifting slowly. As, you know, as the salary gap is shrinking for men and women, because women are asking for more money, and that's the only way that gap is ever going to shrink, is if we ask for more money, ladies. Uh, but yet, the, generationally, when we look at the millennials out there, it's expected that a woman's going to work. It's not expected that they'll be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, we don't have, I, I remember, I'm a Gen Xer, I remember girlfriends going to college to find husbands. They weren't there for degrees. They were there to find husbands. That's not the case today. When we look at the millennial generation, women are hot. You know, they they hold higher degrees than men at this point. They outnumber men at the mastery level. Um, And they're there because they want to be there, not because they're expected to find the perfect husband, the doctor, the dentist. In fact, we're seeing more women in those roles. It's interesting. I wonder if Gen I, that's my kids, I wonder if my son will go to college to find a wife. (laughs) Wouldn't that be crazy? Right? But will we see that role reversal? And what's interesting is I I agree with absolutely everything you're saying about women and millennials and, you know, expecting to have a career and wanting to have a career. And um, there's a great book out there called When She Earns More that talks about how a lot of these very powerful women are connecting with men who are not as career driven and how that may actually work because then they feel less threatened uh, Mm -hmm. by um, a a powerful breadwinning woman. Um, The other piece though that I think is disheartening and I think it speaks to the part about how slow uh, societal myths about money and earnings really change is the fact that I was just on a radio show yesterday Uh, Morningstar Radio with a great advisor, Ellen Rogan, and we were talking a little bit about couples. And what she highlighted is that she actually did some focus groups and, and getting ready for her book. And what she learned is that while these millennial women uh, may be more career focused, they still held a lot, a lot of the money myths or a lot of the beliefs uh, 
that she thought had died with the, you know, the Gen Xers, things like a spouse comes with a house or, you know, I don't have to worry about that. I just let my husband pick my 401k. Um, so maybe, yeah, well, maybe outside of the breadwinning role, like I can earn the money, but I don't want to make the decisions around finance. So, so it's complicated, I think, and it, it's changing so slowly. But the myth that you raise that men are supposed to be breadwinners is so firmly woven in the fabric of our country. But I love the image of your son going to college. Well, I would want him to do what he wanted to do and be happy because I know him. <laughs> but I love the idea that it would completely turn itself on the head and all of a sudden women are, uh, men are going off to college saying, wow, I have to find a really good woman. In some ways that would be nice. However, ultimately I think the goal when we're talking about breaking money silence and really coming to peace in our relationship with money for ourselves and our partners is to really look at what you're talking about, which is that team approach of how do we attack um, living in the world together, providing for our families and enjoying our lives as a financial team as opposed to financial opponents. Yeah, and, and I think we're, you know, when we're, we're, we're looking at colleges, we're now seeing men going into fields that they want to go into, right? We're, we're seeing a lot more male nurses. We're seeing male PAs. We're seeing male teachers. And they're going into these fields because they're passionate about it because it's not money focused. My, my, my husband would have made, and my husband would have made a phenomenal history teacher. That's so interesting. So what of mine? There's something about engineering and history, huh? I, and, and I hope, you know, I hope at some point in the back of my mind, I go, I hope at some point in the next five or ten years, I can say to him, you know what? Retire, go back to school, become a teacher. Like, live your dream. Uh, but because of that societal, oh, men have to bring home money, he became an engineer. And he's really good at it. He's really smart at it. But it's not his passion point. But you see, men weren't encouraged to go to college for their passions. We, they were encouraged to go to college to make money. Now, I look at Raph. There's not a doubt in my mind he's going to be a social studies teacher. He loves social studies. He, like, he, I just look at him and I'm like, he's a little Rico. He is just like my husband and he has this passion there. And I'm like, I don't care how much money you make. So it sounds like the advantage of busting this myth wide open of men are supposed to be breadwinners is that each partner, no matter what their gender is, gets to follow their passion, earn the money that goes with whatever their passion is, and together they get to work as a team. That's exactly it. But you have to be willing to, to take that risk outside of that, the myth. Well, and I guess in closing, one of the things that I would recommend listeners do is if you find yourself in this situation, no matter whether you're the man or the woman or um, maybe in a partnership where it's the same gender, but this type of dynamic plays out, uh, for you to really sit down and have a conversation about what are um, each other's beliefs about breadwinning and who should bring home the money and not to judge each other's position, but to just open the door to communication to at least understand where your partner is coming from. You need to do that in an empathetic, non-judgmental way, which isn't always easy when it's your partner. Um, but it's it really can start the dialogue to, to understand what are the money scripts behind 
this belief that somebody should be earning more money than the other person, and then how do we together start to understand what's going to work for our team, oh, our couple. Yeah. And so that would be kind of the advice I would give. And it, it's been so fun to just briefly talk about this myth and, and how it's impacted you and your clients and then be able to kind of say, okay, here's the challenge to the audience. Take some time to think about this for yourself and then communicate or have a, it could be a five minute conversation with your partner about what it means to be the breadwinner or the co-breadwinner in the house. You know, I really appreciate your insights today, Loran. As always, fun to talk to you. Um, I want to make sure that listeners can find out more about you and your work. So what's the best way to go about doing that? The best way is just to go to loranstar.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-N-S-T-A-R.com. I'm right there. I'm in your face on the web. <laughs> and you can contact me, connect with me, like me, follow, stop, whatever makes you happy. Yeah, it's all right there. She has some really great content, and I know some really great stuff coming up. So definitely check out loranstar.com. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Breaking Money Silence. I'm Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert and author dedicated to getting people to talk about money matters. And today, Loran really helped me do that. For more information about my book, Speaking or Services, please visit my website at kbkwealth.com connection.com. Until next time, keep the lines of communication open.